BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Welcome to the Situation Room. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of The Situation Room. I'm here with my co-host, Gabe Ferguson. I'm Jordan Coe. You guys can check us out on Twitter. He's at Gabe Fergie. I'm uh, at Raven Sit Room. And we are here after another win, Gabe. Uh, Ravens are now 6-3. and three. I, You know, you look at the final score of this game, I don't think it reflects completely <laughs> how lopsided the game itself actually was. But And the score should have been even more lopsided, I think than it ultimately actually was as well. Um, but a win is a win, and we've got a, a bye week coming up, some time to get healthy, so um, can't be too upset about it. Yeah, it's hard to complain too much about you know a, a, a two-touchdown win against a team that had been playing pretty well recently, especially you know their defense. The Saints' defense has been um, up to the task against a lot of these teams. They just shut out the Raiders um, last week, so you know they, they definitely have some talent on defense. Um, and some good uh, scheme, I think, as well. And I, I think we saw that early on in this game when, when it looked like the Ravens, you know, had a few struggles in the first couple of drives. Um, but, you know, they, they figured it out and they, they put together some of those long drives and got a, got a two-score lead pretty early on against the Saints. And with, with the way the defense played in this game, I think that's kind of what we're looking forward to as the second half of the season gets here. You know, this defense, getting all these players back is what we've been talking about for several weeks now. It looks like it's finally coming to fruition, and it's exciting to see that. Yeah, it definitely is. And, it, it you, you know, you can't underplay the value of winning on the road in New Orleans on a Monday night. Um, it's a tough crowd down there. It sounded loud as heck in the building. They definitely had the fans behind them. It was certainly it certainly wasn't the case that, that they didn't have those opportunities, but... Like you said, you know, at the end of the day, it was a dominant defensive performance overall by this Ravens team. That's how they won this game. Um, and, I, you know, it, it all, as all good defenses do in, in this instance, it, it all is happening up front. Um, and their ability to kind of consistently get pressure, um, I think, is going to be potentially something that's going to really, really just shine through the remainder of this year. Um, and is the thing that deep, good defenses need to win, to go deep into the playoffs. Yeah, and I think we really saw, you know, the depth come through in this game. Um, it's, it's it's position outside linebacker that the Ravens have had issues with this entire season. You know, we, we had um, uh, Justin Houston go out, miss, miss a couple games earlier on. Obviously, going into the season, they weren't very – they were missing players of Jabo and Bowser. Uh, getting Bowser back in this game, I think, was really important. Um, and even when JPP, I think, he went out somewhere into the second half. I'm not sure if he came back in or not, but – they still had enough guys out there. They had, they had Houston, they had Bowser, they had Oway. 
um, and, and they had enough of, of a rush between them, um, including some help from the interior. I thought Calais Campbell also had a really nice game in this one. He, he you know, got a half sack along with Justin Houston, had a nice tackle for loss, had a couple, I think he had a, you know, a pass uh, batted down earlier on in the game. So like getting that kind of play from, um, you know, a Calais Campbell, he's 35 years old. He's still playing a very high level. Same thing could be said about Justin Houston. That, that guy is a, freaking animal the way he is you know playing for the Ravens at this point in his career is, is really incredible and, and I think you know that's something that the Ravens obviously need but it's also you know a good job of keeping that guy in this team bring him in at such a value contract it's unbelievable the kind of production they're getting out of him and paying him like two and a half million dollars this year yeah it is an absolute ridiculous contract level and you know, a couple of things that I saw during the game that I really liked were one, there were there were definitely a couple snaps where there were three outside linebackers on the field with with Calais Campbell, um, and that was the rush team, and that's that is going to be able to wreak some havoc. And then you saw moments where Bowser or another outside linebacker was lined up outside of Justin Houston, um, and if that's you know if those are the looks that that the Ravens are going to be able to throw at people and make it really challenging to identify where some of that pressure is going to be coming from. Um, it's going to make them really, really difficult to handle. And the simulated blitzes that we were seeing um, in this game and the sim pressures, and, and you know, McDonald deserves a lot of credit for that. I think it's a, a league-wide thing that sim pressure is is the more in thing to do overall. Um, it's starting to look really effective, though, with, with this group that they've got up front and the personnel they've got. Yeah, and we talked last week about, you know, some of like the what we were expecting in the second half in terms of pass rush. Um are they going to be able to keep up, you know, the sack pace? We said, you know, what's the over-under for them in the second half? Are they going to hit that? Well, the four, I think we said 49 sacks for the season. Well, they got another four sacks tonight. Um, they look good doing it. I mean, there, there's a couple of instances where, you know, the Saints were able to string together a couple of plays and kind of in the hurry-up offense. But, you know, aside from that, the Ravens' front was really dominant. Um, they, they pretty much controlled the entire game. Uh, Kamara never really got more than, like, one or two runs that were impactful. Um, you know, Dalton never looked really comfortable in the in the pocket. He was under pressure a lot tonight. So, like, this is exactly, I think, how this this Ravens team can win in the second half. You you don't need to, you know, be necessarily like this, you know, pass first, like high flying offense. If you have a defense that can get teams off the field, you know, get you know, be good on third down, and then on offense also be good on third down. And that's something that we saw in this game. The offense is really good. Um, on third down. So those two things com- combined is really going to allow you to sustain drives and then get the other team off the field. And that's going to win to win, lead to wins. Yeah. And, and immediate newcomer Roquan Smith really, I, I mean, not, you know, not one of those kind of like highlight reel 20 tackles, you know, a ton of volume. Obviously there weren't as many snaps um, and it seemed like the saints were going away from him, but you, you really saw the value of what a guy like him is going to bring to this team, which is that, you know, you had mentioned when we talked about him last week that he's a sure-handed tackler. He was every bit the sure-handed tackler that you wanted to see from him, and he was every bit as physical as you'd want to see from him. Um, his ability to mirror the running backs is incredible through traffic, um, and I think that if he would have been on this team in uh, both the Buffalo and Miami game, he probably would have been the difference in both of those games, and they would have won both of them as well. Um, so I, I thought he fit in perfectly. You saw him come off the field a couple different times. It seemed like in the red zone, the Ravens weren't ready to kind of completely turn it over to him. So having that kind of impact in the game um, and still being able to do so without even kind of being fully packaged in to everything the Ravens are doing, uh, got to leave you with a good feeling about how the Ravens are going to be able to move forward an inside linebacker. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think along with him, and, and I, you know, we mentioned Bowser a little bit earlier, but didn't really kind of talk about what his presence on the field does because it's more than just being an additional you know guy who can rush off the edge. Even though I mean, he did do that quite a bit in this game, but he's also someone who can easily drop into coverage on on third down or, or on whatever passing down it may be. And he looks fluid in that. He looks really good. He didn't look like he was someone coming off an Achilles injury. He looked like he was ready to go. And that's, you know, along with, you know, a guy like Rokon Smith, who's also someone who's capable in coverage, um, having those two guys allows you to do so many things. Like you're talking earlier about stimulated pressure. You can have six guys around the box, around the line of scrimmage. You can drop two or three. You can bring a safety. Like we saw, we saw Marlon Humphrey tonight come in off the edge and, and get a sack. Saw Kyle Hamilton. I think he was on the same blitz. Like that's the kind of things that I would expect to see in a lot of these high leverage, you know, plays down the stretch from from Mike McDonald and from this Ravens defense. And I think you finally have all those pieces on the chessboard that you've been waiting to get. Um, and and the addition of Roquan Smith maybe wasn't something that we were expecting, but he kind of just adds another level to that. It gives you know an additional le- level of athleticism and physicality and speed to this defense. And I think that really showed up tonight. And you know. This might might not have been the best offense that the Ravens are going to play during, um, the rest of the way, but you know they don't have a really tough schedule down the stretch. So I, I think you know just being able to see this type of performance, seeing the type of play that they can you know play to, that's that's exciting. And I think you know that's probably going to be what what drives this team moving forward. Is it's going to be a really really strong defense, a team that can get after you on third down, a team that you know has good cornerbacks on the edge. They have good safeties up the middle. There's really no weakness you can point to. And I think that's what's going to be important for them. Yeah. And I wouldn't undersell this Saints offense either. I mean, if you, if you look back to the last like five weeks, they've, they've scored 24 in, in five or six straight weeks. Um, they should have really only scored. Well, who knows what would have happened on that drive otherwise, but there was some ridiculousness on um, that play by Chuck Clark and just unacceptable play on his part. You just got to push him out of bounds Certainly can't let your emotions get the most of you in that situation. But a team <clears throat> that the Ravens were mostly able to shut down that has been playing well overall on offense and, and kind of building up to that, finding their rhythm, figuring out what they needed to do to be successful. I mean, the Ravens were able to shut them down um, and do that on the road. I think all those things are 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 credits of, of pointing in the right direction for what we're going to be seeing from this defense. Yeah, and speaking of Chuck Clark, you know, he had a play earlier in the game he was called on the pass interference. It was kind of a bogus pass interference call. Like they showed the replay of it. There was there was nothing that I saw aside from him jamming the receiver off the line and then like not having any contact after the ball was in, in the air. So like, um, but obviously that play should have resulted in a an interception to Kyle Hamilton. I thought Kyle Hamilton really had a good game tonight. I'm not going to discredit that play. I think he you know was in the right position. He obviously corralled the interception. That's something that you want to be able to see your safeties, your defensive backs being able to do. Um, I thought he had a phenomenal game in this one. You know, he was used as a blitzer. He was he showed his ability to kind of come downhill, um, tackle in space. He made a couple of nice tackles. Um, and I did see that he kind of limped off the field um, late in that fourth quarter. So hopefully it, it wasn't a significant injury that he's, he's going to be dealing with. But, um, you know, I think we're starting to see the impact of, of a guy like that, your first-round pick who you weren't expecting to have on your – team like they, I don't think the Ravens were preparing to you know draft Kyle Hamilton at 14 this year he kind of fell to them they're like okay we can't really pass on this guy because we haven't rated as I don't know top five top eight player in this draft um so that might have changed a lot of what they were planning on doing in terms of the draft but 
they've been working him slowly into the into this defense. And I think you know every single week we see him making one play here, one play there, and it's really starting to add up. You know the rookie mistakes that we saw earlier on they seem to have gone away. He seems to be much more comfortable in his role. That may not be like an every down role for him at this point, even with with Marcus Williams out, but he's still making an impact. And that's exactly what you want from that kind of position, from that kind of player that you took in the first round. Yeah, his athleticism definitely is starting to show up on the film a little bit more. It seemed like it seemed like he was just, at least by my view, a step late and a step behind for everything that you would want to see from him. And then just at times did not have the full grasp of how certain zone coverages work together, what his role and responsibility was in that. And sure, it's going to take rookies time to learn that. Um, but he made a couple really nice tackles in this game. I think he wrapped up re- well, by my count, at least three times where he made really nice plays in terms of being able to slow that down. And you saw his kind of speed and quickness and instinctual ability to react in those circumstances. And if we're going to see more of that from Kyle Hamilton, um, then I, I'm definitely more excited to see their role. And it, and it seemed like the Ravens were willing to use him in the slot a little bit as well in this game. They they were finally starting to move him around a little bit, like that chess piece that they were hoping to. And so who knows if the addition of Roquan Smith is part of that, if it's Kyle Hamilton's growth or development. Um, but it's good to see. And, and it is nice to know, you know that you've got Marcus Williams coming back, but that you're going to see some growth from Kyle Hamilton and that the Ravens can be multiple in terms of what they want to try and do and, and how they're going to approach that on, on defense. Yeah, I think, you know, that's really key, like that the word you used multiple, because it just allows the defense so much flexibility. You have you have depth across multiple positions. Um, you know, with with Roquan Smith, the linebacker position is completely transformed. We're getting the reinforcements along outside linebacker, defensive line has been solid all year. Um and now like with the guys at safety, you know, Geno Stone I think has really stepped up and played really well in the absence of Marcus Williams. He's been an every down player for them. Um I, th- I think that, you know, all three of those guys, you know, Chuck Clark might not, might not have had his best game tonight in terms of that, like, play down the sideline. But, you know, he's I think he's still a solid player on this defense. And, like, having that rotation, being able to go with three safeties, if you want four safeties once Marcus Williams gets back, you can do different things. Um, you know, the, the Ravens cornerback depth after, you know, maybe your top three guys is, is a little questionable. Um, but I think, you know, if, if there are some teams that will try and like spread you out for wide receivers, that might be the, the weakness that you could say on this defense, but you might be able to put a guy like, you know, like Hamilton over a bigger wide receiver and allow some of the, some of the other cornerbacks to take the more shiftier type. I think, you know, have the guys to match up and, and that's what is really going to matter against some of these better like offenses in the league that have a lot of different types of receivers that they can throw at you. Well, and the ability to rush the passer is going to prevent teams from being able to force you to like just spread out like that naturally. They're just going to have to keep guys in, or the Ravens are going to win in those instances in terms of their ability to rush. And so, you know, we're seeing the defense be able to play at a high level at, at kind of every single level and every single stage. And, you know, as as we continue to see that growth, I think that's going to be, I mean, if you look at the Ravens' schedule down the road, part of why we're going to see a dominant team, I think, on defense is, is part of the offenses that they're playing. You know, they, they get the bye week and then they get to come back against the Panthers. That's a huge, you know, asset. The Broncos have been trash so far this year um, on offense. You get the Steelers twice. Um, and the Bengals' offensive line has been an absolute disaster for them um, in, in their ability to kind of protect Joe Burrow and allow him to, to be – someone that could throw the ball around in, in those instances. So I think we're going to see a really good performance from the Ravens in the second half. And 
you know, when we were talking about those over-unders, I think we'll continue to see those sack numbers go up for this team, continue to see them look really good on, on, the, on defense. And it's really just there's not a whole lot to be critical of, of what we saw in this game from the Ravens' defense. Yeah, I mean, it's. I think I think this is exactly the kind of play that we were hoping to see. So, um, I mean, there was that play earlier on with with Marcus Peters. He kind of got he kind of got roasted on a couple of, of routes on that last drive in the first half of the Saints side. Fortunately, it didn't end up in in a touchdown. Um, that might have been, you know, slightly different. Look at the way the the first half ended if that had gone. Um, you know, in a touchdown versus a field goal. But, you know, overall, I'm, I'm very happy with, with the way they played. And like you said, the, the rest of the schedule, you know, there aren't a lot of teams that really scare you on offense. I think having this this bye week now is nice. Um, you know, the Ravens do have a couple of banged-up players, Mark Andrews being one of the key ones. Um, I, like I mentioned Kyle Hamilton and JPP. We, they both kind of came out of this game, so hopefully those aren't serious injuries. Um, and I'm sure we'll find out shortly, you know, the extent of, of those. But, you know, they have a chance to get, really get healthy down the stretch. I think we'll see Ojabo. We'll see Kolar um, as, you know, as, as we come off this bye week. So it's it's kind of, you know, interesting to see, you know, what this team might actually look like down the stretch if they, if they can stay healthy, you know, knock on wood. Um, because that, that's obviously been one of the biggest issues for this team over the past several years, not like having those guys available. And, and if that can actually happen for this team, I think they're, they're going to be there with, it, with any other team. And, and Marlon Humphrey is playing really, really well this year. I, you know, it, it's not it's not showing up in terms of kind of turnovers or interceptions in some years that we've, we've seen, you know, in terms of like his year with the forced fumbles. But he's just been playing really well. Marcus Peters did get kind of burned a couple times, but that's going to happen with Marcus Peters. But, um, you know, overall, it's it's just the, the sky is the limit for where this team can go defensively. And it's so funny that when we started the year, I, I think we both thought the Ravens defense had an opportunity to be good. It certainly didn't feel like it was going to be, this team was going to be carried by their defense potentially. Um, and not that the offense has been terrible by any stretch, but I think that the, the defense has a chance to be the better performing unit overall when, when this is all kind of said and done. But, um, but let's talk about the offense because I think, you know, you and I were talking before we started this podcast and I was lamenting just how challenging this team is to watch sometimes. Um, and the Ravens, under Lamar, and even last year, and the year, even last year when their offensive line was terrible, were just like a lot of fun to be able to watch. Completely different than that, where where it doesn't seem like they're fun to watch, and it doesn't feel like I don't know what it is, but it, it just doesn't quite seem like it's there. The exciting plays or the exciting moments, you know, whenever Lamar breaks a big run, those seem to be the moments that it happens. But other than that, you know. It is really methodical. <laughs> like, and what we saw in the first half of this this game was a lot of good first and second downs that were in kind of like the three to like six yard gain range. They kept it within the sticks, and and that forces teams to be off balance, and it allows you to find the success that you mentioned earlier that the Ravens were getting on third downs. Yeah, and I think that was something that was noted in the you know in the broadcast tonight about the Ravens' success on on fourth downs. I think it showed. You know, six straight games where they had been 40% or better on third down conversions. And I don't know if it was a team record. I think it was. Um, and that, and that's, you know, that's a pretty good place to be. If, if you can do that, I think tonight they were um, nine for 15, um, which is, you know, pretty solid. They, they did have a good number of third and shorts, but they also were able to convert a couple of third and, and longer, which is probably not where you want to have to do it. But if you can convert them, that's good. Um 
I think the second half they definitely decided, hey, we're just going to try and stop the game away with with running it. We're not going to even like do these dropbacks, and we're just going to like take time off the clock and and win this game that way. So that might be the way the rest of the season looks. Honestly, if they can get that you know two score lead going into the second half, they're not going to mess around and and try to be fancy with the passing game. Um, be blunt, they don't really have the guys at, at wide receiver anymore. I mean, you you have players who can make plays for you. We we saw, um, you know, Demarcus Robinson get open for a couple of touchdowns. There should have been touchdowns, and, and Lamar just kind of missed him on a couple of plays. Um, I, I do think those opportunities will be there, and that might be, you know, a little bit more fun, so to speak, if, if those, you know, kind of easy misses turn into touchdowns. But overall, I don't think you need to be, like, that level of, of offense, at least during the regular season. And, and we'll see if might, there might be a point later on when you get into the postseason, when you're going up against the better teams in the league, whether that's Kansas City or whether that's Buffalo Bills or Miami or who, whoever this like team that's putting up 30 points against you and your defense is having maybe not your best day, can your offense go toe-to-toe with those teams? And I think that's what's really going to matter. Um, obviously, hopefully a guy like Mark Andrews coming back will be a difference maker in those situations. And I think you know giving someone like Isaiah Likely more opportunities now is something that's going to benefit the team later on. Because I think that combination of Andrews and Likely is way better than just having Andrews on the field or just having Likely on the field. Having them both out there together is really going to take this offense to another level. And you know, I, I briefly mentioned Charlie Kola earlier. I think he needs to be activated this week. Um, in order to, you know, get back on the active roster. So hopefully he's someone who can also have an impact down the stretch. And we obviously haven't seen much of him at all. So we don't really know what to expect, but he is another kind of these like receiving first tight ends that the Ravens drafted. Obviously Josh Oliver has kind of been that replacement for the Nick Boyle as, as kind of the run blocking guy who can potentially catch a couple of passes for you. But, you know, having four real threats at the tight end position in this offense, I think will be what this offense is down the stretch. And that does harken back to 2019 where they were, you know, passing to the tight end over 50% of the time. Well, and they were passing to the tight end a lot this game anyway. <laughs> and we, we talked about over-unders of receiver receptions, right? Um, last week. And I think what we had Prochet with two, Deshaun Jackson had one, Demarcus Robinson had one, Devin DuVernay had one. There were five overall receptions for the wide receiving group. So um, 12 total receptions for the team as a whole, including catches for um, Mike Davis and Patrick Ricard. And so I guess that, you know, my, like, I can't believe the Ravens had 27 points, right? Like, I watched the entirety of this game. I, I didn't miss a single bit of it. And it seems stunning that they had 27. And, it, you know, it just, you know, I guess it is what it is. Um, and this is what we're going to get from this team. And like I said, it's still the, the plays with Lamar is actually running the ball are the ones that are electric. And I think that I think we're just going to see a lot of the read option once, you know, once we get further into the season impact games in the playoffs and there's nothing to really be holding him back for. Um, and, and when you do that, this team is unstoppable. I mean, we even saw that when Lamar started running the ball in this game and when he, you know, he was a wizard in the pocket a couple of different times in this game where he just, it, it looked like they had him dead to rights and he slipped out and that's, you know, classic Lamar. But the thing that I think I liked the most about the first half was that it seemed like they were in sync on what they wanted to do from a game plan perspective, how they were spreading the ball around, where they wanted to go with it. Lamar looked like he was comfortable with whatever that approach was, and he was very collected. And the throws looked like the throws did for the first three or four weeks of the season, where 
things seemed to be playing out the way he thought they were going to be playing out, out. And then he didn't need to hurry up and speed up and kind of rush through things. There were, once we got more into the second half and it seemed like they got away from whatever they were trying to do in that regard, then when guys were coming free or when he was scrambling loose, then it, then you felt that like, like on the throw to Josh Oliver where he threw it just a little bit behind him. You felt that like moment where Lamar got sped up, like lost his mechanics or kind of like the rhythm that he was in and would miss the throws. Um, and so I'm hoping that we continue to see more of the latter or the former where we continue to have game plans that work, that you don't need these 15 second long play calls coming in. Let them be methodical in terms of what their approach is going to be in that regard. Um, and, and if the Ravens offense is capable of doing that, then, you know, I think we are going to see 27 points every week. Yeah, and, and 27 points every week should should get you a win, I think, especially with this defense. And there's not many teams, I think, that are going to be able to put more points in that up against this this Ravens defense. So I think if you can get 27, then you're in good shape. Um, I mean, in this game, I mean, Lamar, he missed a few throws. There's there's a few, like, I mean, you mentioned the Oliver pass. There was there was the two passes to Robinson that probably should have been completed. Um, he might have had one or two others in there. But, you know, overall, I thought, you know, Lamar, like, made some of those nice plays escaping pressure, but then you couldn't complete it. Um, and that, that happens at times. Like, he's not perfect. You know, I think there was some frustrations throughout the game at times. You know, he clearly was frustrated with himself on a couple of those throws, where he felt like he should have put the ball um, in a place where it could have been caught. But, you know, I think he's going to, for the most part, make the plays that need to be made. Um, and he can't always be perfect. Like, no player is going to do that, but... When he's asked to do so much, especially when he's asked to do, you know, carry a bit of a load in the run game. I mean, this game, I think he had, what, like 10 carries? I don't know, 11 carries. Um, yeah, he had 11 carries. A few, a couple of those were scrambles. Um, I think we talked last week about, you know, that the seven to nine maybe designed runs per game. I think that's a good range to be in. Um, and he looked really good in those plays. I think that's what really keeps this offense churning. That's kind of the engine of the offense. Um, you combine that with the other running backs. We saw Kenyon Drake kind of carry the load in this game. Um, 24 carries for Drake. I think that's more than I think we would have expected out of him. Um, but he looked good doing it. You know, he had a couple of plays that didn't go very far. And, you know, the last play of the offense where he got caught behind the line of scrimmage for a loss of five yards. You know, that happens. That made the, the averages look worse than they probably were. But he had a few good runs in there. You know, 10 yards here, 15 yards there. Um, I thought he did a good job. Um, that's going to be split between Gus Edwards, hopefully, you know, going down the stretch. Um, and at, by the end of the season, maybe we'll see J.K. Dobbins get back in there. Um, but I think for now, you know, Dobbins can take his time. I'm not really worried about him at all at this point. I think Edwards has been more than enough when he's been healthy. And then Drake is the perfect kind of like, you know, lightning to the thunder of, of Gus Edwards. So I think they're a really good combination, actually. And I think it took Drake a few weeks to kind of get in the groove of the offense and understand kind of how the running lanes are developing, to understand the timing of it, understand, you know, to be patient at times, when to press, when to kind of wait. Um, but he's looked like someone who is a natural fit for it at this point. And I think he's been a really good pickup. I know, I know. Five weeks ago, we were saying he looked like he was a waste of money, but I don't know where the Ravens would be without him, at, frankly, at this point. Yeah, I, it's been pretty incredible in terms of what the Ravens have been able to do, um, you know, on the ground with the, the group of guys that they've had. And Mike Davis is still Mike Davis is still long in time 
<clears throat> and a few snaps here and there with his team as well. He had, had kind of that big, I want to call it big, but he had that one catch on, on the one play that kind of Lamar got away from it. But, you know, this team, I mean, they have been churning and, and for, you know, whatever criticism that you want to give of this team and, and that is me that is criticizing them, you know, they're fifth in the league in total touchdowns, right? You know, this, this was a game where they put up 27 points. They've, they've been good, you know, they've been good from, from an offensive perspective overall. And so, um, you know, it does get, you know, a little bit challenging to be critical of them, uh, in that regard. I thought the, you know, kind of breaking down kind of the, the different position groups, it definitely seemed like the offensive line was affected by the noise in this game and that they are still kind of completely syncing up. It feels like Morgan Moses is not bad by any stretch and he's not Villanueva at all whatsoever, but it does feel like he has a moment or two every game where he, you know, he hasn't quite gotten it all together in terms of what he needs to do. I do think Drake has gotten more comfortable at the mesh point, which was, which I think is really important for Lamar. I think the struggle early with, with Drake was that he wasn't ready for the mesh point, And that's such an important part of what the Ravens are trying to do on offense. Um, and then you saw a couple like, you know, you know, Linderbaum obviously missing the one snap and frustration with Lamar and then likely kind of being a rookie as well. And in that one moment where he almost, he almost turned the ball over on, you know, a pretty easy throw that was bobbled. Um, but all in all, again, you know, not a whole lot to dislike about what you got from the offense here outside of kind of the few moments where I felt like they got completely discombobulated and out of rhythm. Yeah. Um, I think the offensive line, like you said, still has a few growing pains. I mean, this was a diff- definitely a difficult kind of environment. Um, it was loud there. Um, so th- they had to have that, you know, that silent count working. I think there was some communication errors definitely with the offensive line. Um, Linderbaum being a rookie, I think he's still trying to figure out a few things. Um, and you, you mentioned something earlier that I think is important is, you know, getting that play call in and just like not having to rush things. I think it's, it's been a theme for from Greg Roman forever. So like, I don't know like what needs to happen to get that through his head. Just get the play in earlier. Get them to the line. Let them. If you want to take some time once you get to the line, that's fine. I know sometimes you want to like extend the play clock. You have a lead. You want to milk the clock a little bit. That's fine. I get it. There's no reason to have to be calling a timeout. You know when you're in the opponent's red zone because you can't get the play call in or you can't get the snap off. Like that's just poor offense it's poor football it's it's i don't know i think that i mean the fault essentially goes to roman on that but i mean extending that gives a hardball like he needs to have that conversation with greg roman and have that figured out like it's something that we've seen far too many times and at this point honestly like if you see a play like that in a critical situation and it puts you in a, a third and long instead of a third and like short or you know wh- whatever the situation may be that costs you a first down or potential um, score potential touchdown that is a pretty like big problem to have and we did see that happen tonight obviously um that might have been partially like a thing on Linderbaum too um and as good I think Linderbaum has been at times especially in um, the run game where he can kind of really you know get out and use his athletic ability he's been a bit of a liability in pass protection at times and he's probably their weak link when it comes to pass protection especially when you have, you know, a big nose tackle lined up over him or some of these blitz pickups or, you know, passing off a, a twist or a stunt. Um, that, that's kind of where I think some of those inter- interior rushes that have gotten into Lamar's lap have come from. So 
I think there's room for him to grow still, and I'm hoping that he's still kind of learning. And if, if those last little things can be figured out in terms of their pass protection, I think overall the O-line has, has been, been really good. I think Ben Powers has been much better this year. Kevin Zeitler has been solid. And, and you know, Ronnie Stanley, I think, has been phenomenal since he's come back. Um, and Moses is – he's a veteran. He's hes not going to be perfect, but I think overall, like, he's a, he's a much better option than they've had in the past couple of years at right tackle, that's for sure. Yeah, and it does feel like things are, you know, beyond the injury to Bateman being kind of the big one. And, and obviously missing Bateman and Andrews in this game in particular, it does feel like there's been a little bit of stability that has come from some of the different injury pieces. Nice to see when there's kind of that created balance and there's an opportunity for them to get together. Hopefully the offensive line continues to kind of sync up and play better together overall. And and, the, and we see the return of some of these other players, you know, it, it, we are still a team that's scoring 26 points a game. I just took a look. I mean, we're in, we're in that time of year where some teams have, um, have not played the full schedule yet and, and don't have the full nine game scored. Ravens are kind of third in the league overall, but um, both Buffalo um Buffalo is behind them, but has played one less game. And Kansas City's ahead of them and played one less game. Those are offenses are going to continue to be putting up big numbers. But the Ravens are, you know, like you had mentioned, if they can put up 27 a game, that should be good enough overall. But, I mean, I think the big question is, is that going to be, you know, is it going to be good enough with this group of wide receivers, especially, you know, Andrews coming back is going to be a significant boost. But, um, you know, we already heard Deshaun Jackson got hurt, uh, which is not terribly surprising for a guy of his age. But um, and by by his age, I mean our age. <laughs> we, we we would all that is not a criticism of Deshaun Jackson. Um, we would also get hurt if we went out and tried to play in any capacity at all whatsoever. Um, but are you worried about the offense and what they're going to be able to do it because they don't have the wide receivers, especially now? That, you know, we haven't talked since the Bateman injury was official official for the year. Yeah, yeah, it's. I, I think there is some concern there. And, you know, we heard this week, or uh, I heard this week, you might have seen it, that or, um, Odo Beckham was cleared. Um, I think he's kind of that last potential um, bullet you have in the clip, so to speak. Um, it's one last shot you can take at finding someone who can come in and, and be a jolt to the offense. Um, you know, some of the teams that he was potentially, like, linked to, like the Rams, I don't think it makes sense for the Rams. I don't think it makes sense for Odell Beckham because that team is not going anywhere quick. Same thing with Green Bay. I think he wants to be on a team that's a winner. Um, and I think, you know, the, the Ravens have the opportunity for him because he could come in here and basically be the wide receiver one, like from this, from the stop. Like the, he has that kind of talent. Um, I mean, obviously you're going to want to come in and look, and look at him physically and see where he's at. But that type of player would, would really transform this offense, frankly, um, into, into someone and having someone who can be that guy who can win in isolation, who can win in, against man coverage and really commands that type of extra attention. I mean, we thought that was going to be Rashad Bateman, and to a certain extent it was earlier on in the season, but injuries really never let him grow into that player. So aside from that, the Ravens don't have that guy. I mean, you can, you can roll out Deshaun Jackson, you can roll out Demarcus Robinson, can roll out James Prochet, and these guys can be useful in, in certain situations where you need to pick up a third down or what, what it may be, but they're not going to be guys who are out there, uh, you know, 40, 50 snap a game basis who's going to be a, a consistent difference maker that's going to be a consistent threat to opposing defenses. So I, I would do whatever it took to, to get Odo Beckham in the building, at least for a visit, and say, we, we're really interested. We, we have this pretty gaping hole on our, our offense right now. You're 
basically the last piece of the puzzle. We can come win, come win a second Super Bowl with the Ravens. You know, I, I think that's kind of the thing to do. And I don't, I don't know if 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 he's going to want to come here. I don't know if the Ravens have any interest in him. But I think it makes too much sense not even to think about it. So we'll see if that happens. But if that doesn't happen, then yeah, I do have some concerns because I think you have a lack of talent, frankly, at that position. I mean, we saw over this past week the, you know, the Ravens touting Devin Duvernay, and he caught one ball for, like, six yards in this game. Like, you need if, – if he's your guy at wide receiver, if he's your new wide receiver one, find ways to get him the ball at least because he didn't seem to be part of the game plan at all. So, like, if you can say on one side of your mouth that this is the guy who's going to come in and, and be our wide receiver – and then just completely go away from him and not even look at him in the entire game. That doesn't make sense to me. So either he is that guy or he isn't that guy. And and they can say that he is, but their actions speak louder than their words in this instance. So I'm I'm concerned about that position. There's there's no way of beating around the bush. Obviously, Mark Andrews is your number one target in this offense, and getting him healthy is going to be critical. But not having any kind of real threat outside of him is, is something that I think might be kind of the Achilles heel to this team going forward. Yeah, I, I think that I think that's probably potentially right. It, it doesn't, you know. I guess they don't want to use him like wide receiver one. They didn't need to in this game. You know, the Ravens were, I believe, kind of in control and in the lead of of the entirety of this game. It never felt like it was going to get away from them. And so, you know, maybe maybe you do keep everything, you know, in the vault, so to speak, during these times. You know, the Jags of this, this you know, the games that are coming up on the um, up on the schedule. You know, three of the next four games are, you know, should be relatively gimmies, you know, with Carolina, Denver, and Pittsburgh. You know, those games shouldn't be terribly tough. We, we don't need to be doing a lot with those. Let's keep, you know, there's no need to kind of try and force DuVernay the ball 12 times for the sake of forcing them the ball if we can just kind of win those games like we won these games. You know, I think the big question to me is, what does this team look like if it, if, if it rattles off a bunch of wins here? I, there, it's not completely out of the realm of possibility that the Ravens could run the table here just because of who is on the uh, because of who is on the, the schedule, right? Carolina, Jacksonville, Denver, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, Atlanta, Pittsburgh again and the Bengals. I think of those teams only Cincinnati is over 500 if I'm right. Um so the Ravens have a very very cushy schedule, you know, as it stands and I, and I'm curious whether or not they do kind of just kind of turtle up. <laughs> And, and so to speak, and just kind of force everything through, take the wins, take, and, and still win every single one of these games. You know, the Browns game and the Bengals game are the two that I think have the highest risk of being potential losses. Um, force them through and see what we get on the other side. Yeah, I mean, it's hard not to look at the schedule and see a lot of potential wins on it. Like, I mean, none of these teams have been impressive this season. You mentioned the, the Browns and the Bengals. They've probably been the best teams Um and the Ravens have already beaten both of them this season already. So, like, I mean, that's obviously going in their favor. Um, the Browns will have Deshaun Watson at that point. I don't know what that's going to mean for them. I don't know what it's going to mean um, for their chances at, at being a playoff contender. But, you know, he is probably a better player than Jacoby Brissett. So that makes him a little bit more dangerous. Um, but, you know, it, it's it's not a bad-looking schedule. And if you look at DVOA going into this week, I think they had like the third easiest schedule down the stretch, um, and it's it's hard to think otherwise. So I, I do kind of agree with you that you know you don't have to win pretty, um, and I think there might be a lot of games that kind of look like tonight looked, 
we have, you know, 200 yards on the ground and maybe 150 to 200 yards passing, you know, we're probably not going to get those Lamar Jackson three, four touchdown, you know, highlight games that we were, you know, anticipating might happen this season. Um, and that's probably okay. Um, because if you can win 27 to 13 or 27 to, you know, 17, you're going to take that and say, okay, we got another win. And we're just going to stack those wins, um, get through the second half of the schedule, get healthy for the end of the season um, and be playing our best ball when it, when it matters. I, I think, you know, we heard this week that there's a potential injury situation with Josh Allen. We don't know how serious that's going to be, but if, if they're missing Allen for any period of time, um, you know, the chiefs haven't looked like the, like a completely unbeatable Goliath. Um, this is potentially number one seed is now back in conversation. Like it's, I didn't think it was going to be, but it's there. Like it, it's, it's not likely to happen. I think at this point, but if, if they can run the table, um, and some of these other things work out that way, it, it wouldn't shock me if, if that happens. And, and that could be a huge thing because if you can avoid a team like the Dolphins in the in the first round of the playoffs, that would be pretty big. Because they're a team that actually that might scare me more than some of these other teams because they look like a team that's going to be really hard to stop uh, with their offense. It, it's I mean, I know they have two a uh, quarterback and he's not the best, but you have probably two top 10 wide receivers and uh, a ground game that, that isn't, easy to stop either and it's they, they already showed what they could do against the Ravens so I, I think that that's a matchup you'd like to avoid at all, if at all possible yeah no for sure and it, it, it's interesting I mean it was certainly a surprise that the Bills lost to the Jets and and the the value of that Jets win for the Ravens um and the currency of that obviously is way up I, I I'm just curious you know I I, I don't think it would be pretty unlikely to see this team ultimately run the table from here on out just because of the way football works. And, and that's what happens in games. But, um, you know, it's an intriguing thing to think about, you know, especially in parallels to kind of what the 2019 look like team, 2019 team looked like, you know, maybe not after four games, but after six games, that's when the Ravens start to kind of really get into their groove. And, you know, all of a sudden, like you said, the one seed potentially becomes back into play, even beyond the being even beyond kind of that, that top seed in the AFC. Lamar could easily with a stretch of like four to six games where he just goes bonkers in terms of overall performance and the Ravens continue to win, get himself back into the MVP conversation. Um, it's certainly an interesting time because, you know, we've talked about some of these guys, but Andrews is coming back. Dobbins and Edwards, you know, seems as though the way the Ravens are talking about them are slated to come back. Ajabo has been getting in full practices. So, like, even if you see an injury to, like, a guy like Pierre Paul, like, it lets you stay healthy. It lets you rotate and ro- keep all those guys fresh. Polar potentially coming to take Nick Boyle's spot, which has been an unused spot on the roster, so to speak, um, for the entirety of the year. And then Marcus Williams coming back at some point. I mean, that's a – like – even though we think this team is playing a little bit boring right now and it doesn't matter kind of stylistically how you win, um, there's still a lot of upside left for this team. And I, you know, I would say that, you know, Tredavious White coming back for Buffalo, obviously I don't want Josh Allen to be hurt. You know, I, I want the Ravens to be ahead of Buffalo in any way that can happen. Josh Allen being hurt is bad for the NFL and bad for football yeah. overall. Um, so I certainly am not rooting for that, but you know, 
the Ravens have other than Jadavious White coming, you know, kind of coming back for the Bills. You know, the Chiefs don't really have a, a, a bevy of other guys that are going to come back that are going to be making an impact in the same way that it feels like the Ravens do. And then, the, you know, and I guess Deshaun Watson for Cleveland is one of those guys. Um, I, I do hope Deshaun got, Watson gets hurt. And that would also be good for the NFL. Um, and I'm happy to go on record saying that. Um, uh, but you know, the Ravens have a lot of upside in terms of what they can extract out of this roster. And you could easily see some of these games getting away from, you know, really getting out of hand because if the Ravens were able to convert that touchdown to, in the first drive of the second half in this game against New Orleans, it would have just been, that would have been the end of the game. I think right there, it, it would have, it would have slipped away. Then you're rotating three or four or five edge rushers that are all fresh and getting after the quarterback coming in, coming out. Um, it's gonna, you know, the Ravens should be able to be a team that beats up on bad teams and plays from ahead really well, given how they run the ball and how they should be able to rush the passer. Yeah. And I mean, I, I don't know if I would even consider the saints a bad team, like getting back to tonight's game. Um, and, but they showed that ability. Like, I, I feel like they were kind of going blow for blow earlier on. And then, you know, the Saints gave away, they gave away that first or not gave, gave away, but they let the Ravens score that first touchdown. Ravens, Defense came back. They had another stop. They scored another touchdown. And like 14 to nothing already, your defense is playing well. And all of a sudden, you're playing from behind. And that's going to be hard to do, I think, against this team now that they're kind of at full strength on defense. Like, if you can do that against any of these teams, even if it takes, you know, halfway through the second quarter to get that lead, I think it's it's going to be really tricky um, because it's, it's just – a, a team that can lean on you on offense. You know, they're, they're, the Ravens' offensive line has been fantastic in run blocking this year. I do think they wear teams down. You know, I, I've kind of been skeptical about that, that kind of idea of, you know, dominating time possession, like wearing down a, a team in terms of like just like being physical because it's not a pretty brand of football, <laughs> so to speak. And it, it, it kind of like goes against the grain in terms of like wanting to have explosive plays and efficient offense through the passing game. But like, I do think that matters in terms of the ability to just kind of. So I mean, is it, put your dictate the the game in that certain sense. Like have have like your 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 kind of like even your will, so to speak. I know I'm using a lot of like these football-y terms, but like I think that actually matters when like you can't get off the field because this team keeps running the ball and you can't stop them, and they, and they just pick up first down to first down on the ground. I think that matters, and and defenses are going to start you know trying as hard, and they're going to let players block them. We saw that last week against Tampa Bay. I think we saw that in this game, too, against New Orleans. These aren't bad defenses, but when you get them down, it just kind of cascades in that way, and I think that's what the Ravens are going to have to lean on when they get up on these teams and just be able to just kind of lean onto them, use their offensive line, you know, use that physicality and just beat them up. And I'm okay with them doing that, and I'm, I share your skepticism around the, the concept, and I think I'll, I'll word it differently or, or use it, come at it from a different angle or direction from it, which is that when you are playing that kind of ball control offense and you are up by more than a, a touchdown in those instances, you are basically baiting the other team into trying to take those high-risk plays that when they pay off are always going to make you look bad. So it's not that it's not that it can't be a formula that doesn't work. It's just that you're, you are putting – it's kind of like that idea – like it, towards the end of games where you don't necessarily want to kick the field goal to go up by three because then you're putting the other team in four down territory and they're getting an extra down when they're constantly moving the ball. It's the same kind of thing. You're just 
begging teams to then take deep shots at you to throw at your defense and to try and wear wear out your kind of secondary players. And that is to the advantage of the rules, right? Like as as the NFL rules have changed in terms of how you can defend, um, you know, how you can defend overall from a pass protection standpoint or from a passing standpoint. I think that's where that's where it feels like it doesn't have as much value as old school football used to have it. That being said, I think they got to lean on it. And I think I said words is it. Look, Kenyon Drake looked good enough tonight, you know, and, and more than good enough. I, I I don't say that to be in a negative way for him at all, but Gus Edwards looked like a different running back than Kenyon Drake and J.K. Dobbins did when he was in. And I think that could be, you know, if Gus Edwards is able to come back after the bye, hopefully his hamstring injury is cleaned up, that could be a real difference maker, I think, for how that opens up. Because then when teams have to focus on stopping both Edwards and Lamar, and there's a little less choice in kind of how you get to mix those things in, um, and then you layer in Kolar and Andrews is back, then then potentially, you know, then maybe we get back to that explosive offense and the Ravens dial it up and we're seeing 30 to 35 points a game for the rest of the year, um, and we're just running guys out of the room. Yeah, and, and I think the one thing that you can do a little bit more of is use that play-action offense and, and that RPO offense. And we saw, I think, you know, we saw the one pseudo play-action with, with Lamar Jackson to Isaiah likely for the touchdown. Um, they didn't really use play-action a lot in this game. I mean, it's hard to use it a lot when he only dropped back to pass like 20 times. Um, but, you know, they, they did it a couple times. I think there's room to lean on that more. I, th- I do think this was kind of like a pretty basic offensive game plan, and, and that's okay. If you thought that using the basic approach is all you need to win this game, it turned out to be pretty accurate, I think. Um, but I do think even without having like the elite weapons at like wide receiver, you can still do more things than they're, what they're doing. Um, you don't have to have a play-action pass for 60 yards into a touchdown. You can just, you know, find that guy um, on, a, on a dig route, you know, for 15 yards against cover four, you know. So, like, there's certain things you can do um, to kind of keep the offense going if, if, the, if the run game is, is working for you as well. Just to keep, you know, keeping defenses off balance a little bit more. I think that's really the, the, the key to this offense success. You don't have to be a pass-first offense. I, I think I've come to terms with that. This isn't going to be that team. Um, it, it might have been that things went differently with the personnel, but, you know, they are what they are at this point. And if teams are going to try and sell out to stop the run, then you have that option of, of putting the ball over the top. And you, as long as you're willing to go to that, if, if teams are, tr- are trying to take away the one thing that you're doing well, which is probably going to be running the ball, then take advantage of what defenses are giving you. And that's the key thing to me for this offense moving forward is just being able to adapt to what defenses are trying to take away and make sure that you're not like playing to what they're doing better than you and being able to, you know, take advantage of what, where they're showing a weakness. Yeah, I totally agree. And so, I mean, it's, it's a good week for a buy to kind of get everybody rested up. Um, you know, obviously Mark Andrews health is paramount. Mark Andrews can not playing another game during the regular season if that means he's healthy enough to play in the playoffs by my book he's he's a guy that they've got to have healthy um through the a meaningful stretch run or through any playoff run that, that's going to have to happen um so so we need to get him back we need to get i think edwards back i think he's going to be a ma- ability to be a major contributor in that regard but i do it, 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 as much as i might want to call this team boring i think that there's a lot of upside here um, and, and hopefully, hopefully we are in that kind of hopefully turning the page and getting into the groove of this team moving forward. Be really awesome to see how this defense continues to gel together. Hopefully Kyle Hamilton is healthy, but you know, his role in that kind of robber type role 
kind of coming to fruition, Roquan Smith being the stopper or the stuffer. The, the Ravens have missed having a stuffer, um, I think, really, realistically, since Ray Lewis played. Um, they, ha- they haven't had a, kind of that inside linebacker that was going to be your run stopper kind of all out when the when those plays kind of guy. And if Roquan Smith can be that guy, I think that that could be really valuable for this team as well. Yeah, I mean, I think we were both a little skeptical maybe of, of you know, giving away a second and a fifth round pick for Roquan Smith for, you know, half game or half season rental. Um, but I, I think we saw tonight the kind of impact he can have, you know, just having that one last piece to the defense, I think, has really kind of just put the whole thing together. Um, and, and we'll see how that plays out over the course of the second half of the season. But I, I do think that he, his addition is going to be a critical piece down down the road, especially if this is going to be more of a ball control type type offense um, without having like maybe the, the, the high, you know, 30 type plus points that week in, week out. Um, so I, I think, you know, if, if he is the piece that, you know, gets you there, that's great. I think we still might use that piece on offense and we'll see if we'll get that with, you know, we talked about Beckham. I don't know if there's anybody else out there who's available, but he seems like the one player who could really be an obvious fit. But, um, even without him, I do think this, this offense is going to be good enough to take you pretty far. Um, it's just going to be maybe a matchup thing and a health thing when it comes down to, you know, those, those, those critical games at the end of the season that wouldn't really matter. So we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it, but I'm, I'm excited about where the team is now. I'm, I'm looking forward to, you know, getting them, you know, healthy going into the second half of the season. And it's, it's been a little bit of a rocky first half, you know, <laughs> by all, by all accounts, it could probably be an, a nine and O team. Like they were, you know, they, they showed that that graphic tonight of all the teams had a double-digit leads going through, going eight games or nine games into the season, and every single one of them had one loss at most. And then there's Ravens with three losses, and like they've kind of gotten unlucky. They've kind of made their own bad luck at times too. So um, hopefully, you know, you take those lessons and, and learn from them, and don't make those mistakes in the second half. Yeah, well, and these last two games, and, and again, the NFC South is is not the best division in football by any stretch, but the last two weeks have just, you know, ha- the games haven't even felt within reach at any point. They, there wasn't even a point that I was worried about either Tampa or New Orleans, you know, meaningfully winning those games. There there was a moment in, like, late in the third quarter where, where it felt like, oh, oh, geez, here we go again, but we got to stop, or, or they prevented them from scoring that touchdown, um, and then and then it kind of and then turned around and was, were able to score that touchdown. And so as long as that's what the Ravens are able to keep doing, then I think we are going to see, I, I mean, again, I don't think we're going to be looking at a 14 win team here overall, but I still think that we're looking at a team that's going to win at least 12 games this year. And probably any other final thoughts before we wrap up, we think that the um, Ravens are headed. We think the Ravens are headed in the right direction overall. Um, you know, I'm, I'm happy with the team. And as long as they stay healthy, it's it's hard not to be happy for the outlook of the, where the team is headed. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm happy too. Um, I, th- I think they've played well this first, first half. This, this Tonight they played well. Um, I think bye week is always good. I mean, it's nice having it in the middle of the season. I think that's exactly where you want to have it. So I'm glad to have that now. And then, you know, just prepare for the next game. And you're, you're going up against a team that, by all means, on, on paper, is kind of Milligan, um the other's activated Sam Darnold. So we might see Sam Darnold at quarterback when I come back. Um, so I, I'm, I, I think the Ravens have a chance to really get the ball rolling, as we talked about. And I'm, I'm just looking forward to getting more football. Having having a week away from them is going, is going to be tough, but you know, it's it's probably a good a good time as well. We can all take a little break from it. 
Yeah, for sure. Well, check us out. We're both here. Um, he's at Gabe Fergie. I'm at Raven Sit Room. Um, we'd love to, to interact with you guys there, post a little bit about Raven stuff and, and some other Baltimore sports, as you, you guys will see. But um, we'd love to interact with you um, and be able to engage. So other than that, hopefully you'll join us next time, and we'll see you in the Situation Room.